0: Hello, my name is Josh Roan and I'm lead pastor here at Zion Church, a United Methodist congregation in York, Pennsylvania. We're a church with a physical location, but we also have an online presence each and every weekend. But today, I want to thank you for joining us for our podcast, something that's a little bit different rather than the songs and the hymns and all those different things that are part of our regular weekend experiences. This is just the main scripture and the sermon, an opportunity for us maybe to hear again God's word, which we tuned into this weekend, or maybe an opportunity to hear it afresh and anew. So I would encourage you as the week begins to listen in and to lean in to what God is saying to you. Thank you for joining us. From John chapter 20, verse 19 through 20, I'm going to give you guys a second if you have your Bible to, to open that up, uh, because I'm going to set the scene a little bit, because it's going to be kind of weird as we're reading this a week after Easter, but this is taking place the day after. So sometimes when we read the text, we, we put that physical space of ourselves of a week, and we're like, man, I can't really see how the disciples are reacting this way. No, this is the day after, and the disciples have heard from Mary that Christ has risen, the tomb is empty, this great news. And they're kind of wrestling with it as we come into this scene. So John chapter 20, verse 19 through 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said that, he showed them his hands and his sides, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I put my fingers where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me for a moment? Father in heaven, I think we can relate a little bit to the hard times in life that the disciples are going through like, to some extent or another we can recognize life has its ups and its downs might I even say at times life can be downright hard disciples are certainly in that mindset right now they just lost Jesus their teacher. They've they've been told he has risen again as he had said, but I think they're wrestling with it a little bit. They're there together trying to figure out, okay, Mary said that there's other people saying it, but why didn't we get to see it? They're wrestling just as much as Thomas is wrestling with it later in the passage. But it's in these moments of wrestling, doubt, confusion, That's when Jesus appears. And I think that's such an important thing that we need to remember when Jesus appears is the moment when everything changes. And that's how it still is today that wasn't just back then. Jesus, when he appears in somebody's life, man, things change. And I think we need to remember that. And there's three things that we're going to be looking at this morning that happen when Jesus appears. And we do that, church. Three things. So when he appears, we have this immediate tension that the disciples are in. And it seems to just melt away. The disciples are there, and Jesus just appears. Locked door, there's no way he should have been able to get in, but he does. And he comes in with a simple phrase, peace, be with thee, or shalom. Shalom. And I imagine that these words, the way he says it, it's, it's in a way that only Jesus really can, a way that really gives you that peace. Because I know often if like, somebody says, when you're panicking, you're stressed out, and they say, hey, don't be stressed. It only tends to make us a little more stressed. We're like, no, we have reason to be stressed. But no, Jesus says this in such a way that it really does bring peace. And then he goes on to not just say, peace be with you, but he shows them the things that they're struggling with. He says, look look at my arm. Look at my hand. Here's the nail mark. Put, put your finger in. It's there. Look at my side. I have been pierced. He gives them the opportunity to see that. Show them the wounds. And I'm sure it's not actually showing the wounds that is bringing peace with it. But it is going through the process of seeing that Jesus has indeed Risen. This peace is the first thing that Jesus brings when Jesus appears. So when Jesus appears, we have peace. And he's actively doing something to bring peace to us. Perhaps the comfort looks a little differently for everybody. For Some it might look the same. But the fact that when Jesus appears, peace comes with him. It creates a reminder for us that even in the greatest of chaos, I mean, these disciples were hiding from Jewish leaders at this point. They are probably afraid for their lives, being accused of stealing Jesus' body. They got it rough. And there is peace even in those moments. That's something else. Even though, even through pain and darkness, Jesus' peace Still exceeds it all, because Jesus peace is something that is available to at the worst of times, and it exceeds anything that we can even imagine a peace that surpasses all understanding. The second thing that Jesus brings when he comes to the disciples is he brings power. It says Jesus breathed on them and told the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. And this whole action of breathing on them, it's so reminiscent of many other places in scripture where God breathed, such as in the creation account, where God breathed everything into existence. And it seems that this idea of breath is just so important for us to stop and recognize for just a second the same breath that created everything breathed into man for us to receive the Holy Spirit, for the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit And with that simple gesture of breathing on them, Jesus gave them the Holy Spirit, that beautiful aspect of God that lives within Christ's followers, that brings us close to God through a deeply rooted relationship and connection. And the power that it brings empowers us to live in a bold way, to live a life of humility. And the power To work with what God is already doing, both in our lives and in others. That's a powerful thing right there. And there's something weird about saying bold and humbly in the same sentence, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit there. Just getting that opportunity to walk with what God is already doing is such a privilege. And it's the power that can turn your life around. Or it can turn others around as amy shared sometimes it's just sharing the story of what that power has done in your life that might help somebody understand jesus appearing so the first thing that when happens when jesus appears is he brings peace the second is power and the third thing which is just as powerful as the other two is jesus brings purpose At the beginning of the text, the disciples, they're sitting there, they're afraid, they're worried. As we mentioned, they're kind of unsure of what's going to happen next. They're in this really weird state of hiding, cowering. Are powerful people looking for us? How much trouble are we in? What are we going to do? Can we just go back to our old jobs? Can we just go back to being fishermen and tax collectors? Like, how do we walk this out? What do we do for our families? We have to provide. They have all of these questions going on in their mind, I'm sure. I mean, they spent three years having left everything to go and follow Jesus. So how do they reconcile this loss of their teacher? And how does even the news of a risen Savior that they hadn't even seen yet, like they were struggling with this a little bit. But it's in the midst of all those questions. That's when Jesus appeared. And he proceeds to send them with this purpose. To go and do the work of the kingdoms. And they're sent with the Holy Spirit. They're not just sent on some journey without a guide. He says, no, go with the Holy Spirit. And he sends them as he was sent. And looking at these three things, the the power, the purpose, the peace, It brings me back to where I had done my undergrad. I went to this little university called Southeastern University. And we had the campus president, to the time I was there, I had heard this phrase so many times, I was sick of it, it was cliche, but he had a very big passion for something he called divine design. It was this idea that everybody is designed with purpose. Everybody has something that God, if you and God work together on this, there's something only you can ever do. And overhearing that so many times, I struggle with that because I'm like, man, single purpose that only one person can do, that's a big take. Dr. Ken Engel, you've got to slow down here a little bit. But maybe there was a little bit of truth to that. Maybe as we look at this with the power and the peace and the purpose that Jesus sends us with, that Jesus gives us, maybe there is something to that. But all of his ideas about the divine design all hinges on one thing. And that's Jesus showing up. Jesus appearing in your life. Because whether you have one or two of those things, you could have purpose without peace or power and it might end up falling flat you could have power without purpose or peace and you're going to be feeling that and without that peace of god it's going to be hard you're going to peace without the other two and you'll be really calm it'll be great but you'll probably feel a little lacking on where you're going what you're doing next And sometimes we might even find ourselves like Thomas. I know poor dude gets a horrible name. Even my Bible says doubting Thomas. He needed the same exact thing the other disciples needed. They all needed to see the nails, to feel the the wounds, to see it on the other end. He just was unlucky enough to not be there the time that Jesus showed up the first time. And I think, as you can just imagine that week going by, where they're probably like, no, Thomas, we're telling you, Jesus appeared. We're telling you, Jesus appeared. He was there in the house with us. And I'm sure Thomas was like, I really want to believe that. I want to see it. I want to experience that, but I just, there's something holding him back. And then what happens? Jesus appears. Jesus appears to them in such a way that he can't show the wounds his own personal wounds yet sometimes in our life we don't get physical Jesus popping into our room just appearing like that sometimes we have to be the Jesus for somebody else sometimes we have to show what god has done sometimes we have to share our story show our wounds sometimes we got to get a little bit vulnerable with people to say hey God has done these great things. I can assure you, I have seen him through whatever work, whether it be from other people, whether it be through prayer, through spiritual practice, through scripture. Many people are here because Jesus has appeared in their life. And if he hasn't appeared in your life just yet, I promise you we're praying for you. We want Jesus to appear in your life. We want you to see the risen Savior the same way we do. And so, my friends, when Jesus appears, he gives us three things. He gives us peace, gives us power, and he gives us purpose. The question is, though, will you choose to go down the path that Christ has set for us? Are we okay with submitting to that plan to walk the way that he walks, empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk humbly and pursue the purpose that he has given with the peace that only he can.